Listeners, did you know that an estimated 5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year? And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy to ship, leading to excessive carbon emissions. Plus, those products are often filled with nasty ingredients like chlorine and ammonia. That's a lose-lose situation for you and the planet. Nobody's trying to have that. Enter Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful cohesive design that looks great on your counter. Fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. Genius! You'll never have to grab bulky cleaning supplies on your grocery run again. Refills start at just $2.25. Blue Land is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine, y'all. When I received my first shipment of Blue Land, I was blown away by how this simple concept just makes so much sense. It's so easy. You just drop the tablet into the stylish functional bottles and get your clean on. I love the subscription option because I am not trying to get one more bulky item in my cart. Blue Land products really get the job done and leave my home smelling so fresh and clean. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash clink. You won't want to miss this, guys. Blueland.com slash clink for 15% off. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Well, let me tell you, mylifeinabook.com is a very unique service. I did it for my mom and my grandmother, and it has been amazing. It basically turns your mom's life stories or your grandmother's or anybody that you think is special in your life into a book. So here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send a question via email to the special person, whoever you choose. You can ask custom questions too, but I just kind of let my life in a book choose what questions to ask. And then your special person like your mom can type their response or they can record their voice and my life in a book compiles it all in a beautiful keepsake for you. And guess what? They can even create audiobooks. I mean, this is such a unique gift that will last a lifetime for you, your mom, your children, your children's children. It is the best gift you can give. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use our code clink at checkout for 10% off. This is an unforgettable gift for you and your mom. Get it today. Use our code clink, mylifeinabook.com. Hi, and welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Welcome. I am Tabitha. Give me Dateline, white wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like white wine, true crime. And in bed by nine, because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) We are housewives of true crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Welcome to Housewives of True Crime, part dose. Part dose. To Michael Peterson. If you have not listened to part one, please go back. 
and listen to the staircase part one. Or this is not going to make no sense. Or this is going to get you right to the end. And nobody wants to start at the end. Always start at the beginning. You don't want to premature ejaculate this one. (laughs) You need to hear the whole story. Yes. All the foreplay. Let's. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's where you're going today. This must be like your (laughs) ovulation time or something. (laughs) We know that Gretchen's not in menopause. Uh, no, she just I just took a blood test. Blood yes, it's true. <laughs> oh, girl, I am doing these hormone tests today. And by the way, guess what? I don't even know if I told you I went to the gym at 515 this morning. Yeah. Did I tell you how that, that worked? Yeah. You can tell me. Listen, you go through phases like this. Good for you. Okay. For one. Yes. But how this works out is that you're not, that's not going to last forever because (laughs) you will fall asleep too early tonight. I know. And then my husband's going to get mad, right? Mad at you. You always fall asleep. You're so boring. I know. Mm -hmm. You're so right. I've already thought Mm -hmm. about that, except for the fact that I'm now cold plunging and it does, it really does keep me awake. Like, so if I can cold plunge at like five o'clock, I think I could keep myself awake. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. I'm, I'll let you guys If you're not watching this on YouTube, I am giving a hard eye roll <laughs> right now. Okay. So maybe just drink right. some coffee. Dude, I drank a, you know, this prime drink that all the kids are drinking? No, I don't know anything about it. Oh, are you? Okay. Well, it is the rage. It's hard to come by. You can't find it anywhere. And I accidentally bought the one with caffeine and actually Gretchen, you would like it. It's got 200 milligrams of caffeine and it is, um, tasty, like better than Red Bull. Really? So I read that you needed to drink caffeine before you go into the cold plunge. So I did that and I, dude, I couldn't even go to sleep last night and I never have that problem. What is your feeling about drinking the Red Bull? I feel like I get a little shamed. You know, I walk around with one all the time, like when I'm picking my kids up from school and sometimes people give me a little like, oh, wow, you're just drinking Red Bull. Yeah. It's not a cocktail. It's a Red Bull. I need to stay awake. (laughs) I don't know. I, I probably am like them. I'm like, uh, Red Bull gross. Um, <laughs> yeah, so maybe you should switch to prime because that is, uh, um, I'll tell them it's what the cool kids do. It They'll know because I, I also cannot knows. parallel park. I have to parallel park every day and you're really bad at it. I'm so bad at it. That is not surprising. You're not good at driving either. So parallel parking, I can't even imagine. I thought I figured it out, you know, Recently, yeah. I was like, you know what? I I came, I told my husband, I can parallel park now. I figured it out. You got to pull way up. I lost it. Oh. I tried to do it again yesterday. It was Didn't not work. good. Mm-mm. Now, I, for me. I'm pretty good at it, actually. But I've always yeah, been a that. more decent driver. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. Yeah. So anyways, um, my kids, I let drink, by the way, going back to prime really quick, I let them drink mm-hmm. the caffeine free one. So then we had these caffeinated ones because I didn't realize that I bought the caffeinated ones. And so I drank one yesterday and it was so, it was very tasty. I think you should try it instead of Red Bull. Oh, shit. Okay. So anyways, and I'm not hawking prime. So nobody's giving me any money. Unfortunately, some YouTube guys making a bazillion dollars off of it. Okay. So should we get back into Michael Peterson? 
Yes, let's do okay, that. So last we heard was Kathleen just fell down the stairs. There's a lot of blood and they're thinking Michael is not looking like innocent. The innocent okay, questionable. They're interested. He's person yes, of interest. He is person of interest. Okay. Okay. So like I said, also the crime scene has been kind of walked over and according to Michael in his own book called behind the staircase, he did not consider the police were against him. Um, he didn't actually think that until his son, Todd, who was there had to be like, dad, they are looking at you like you are the bad guy. He says that, um, he had nothing to hide and he was going to talk to the police, but his son, Todd had called his brother, Todd's uncle, who was an attorney and Todd's uncle was like, tell your dad not to say a word. Keep those lips sealed, you know, loose lips sink ships. So, uh, Michael didn't say anything. And Which is a double-edged sword, right? It's like it John Bonet's parents. Really I is. mean, rest in peace, Patsy Ramsey. But I mean, the smart thing to do is to not say anything and get yourself a lawyer, really, no matter what, but also makes you look guilty. It just does. All right. Yeah. So it makes you look suspicious for sure. Michael also wasn't a fan favorite when it came to the police, because like I mentioned earlier in the last episode, he wrote about these people and how they were corrupt and incompetent. And the very same people that he called out for basically being idiots we're now determining if Kathleen had simply just fallen down the stairs or was brutally murdered by her husband. Like okay. literally you're going to have to tell me people. more because it doesn't seem like it would be that, that difficult to tell. Oh, if she had, yes, I'm going to tell you more. Yeah. So they quickly called in an investigator named Dwayne Deaver to analyze all of this blood. When you see the pictures, it is pretty bloody. There is blood splatter all up the wall. There is blood all over the ground. Once they have this Dwayne Deaver in here analyzing this blood splatter, I will tell you this is the beginning of the end of the innocence of Michael Peterson. At this moment, he was now thought of as a murder suspect. And I'm telling you, the scene was bad. The blood yeah. was like real freaking bad. Like, well, that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. I mean, what'd she do? Knock out all her teeth and rub her face up against like, how do you, how does that how do you bleed only down the stairs much? constitute that much blood loss? Well, let me tell you in her autopsy, she did die of a bleed out of her head. She had seven very large lacerations on her skull and any kind of cuts on your head bleed like crazy. As you probably know, if your kid or because I have children, have, yeah, yeah, has ever cut themselves on their head, but she did not have any skull fractures or contusions, which did seem odd. She just had these large cuts. Um, not only did she have these lacerations on her head, which would basically be the reason that she did die, um, because she bled out of those those places in her head but she did have some bruising and some scrapes on her face. 
the medical examiner along with the DA had determined that the death of Kathleen had been from blunt force trauma by a weapon of some sort. This weapon had to be strong enough to cause these lacerations, but light enough to not really fracture her skull or cause like any contusions or additional damage, which was odd, right? Like what kind of that's odd. It's very odd. Would that be right? Or could she have fallen down the stairs and hit? Oh, I didn't, I didn't put this on there, but on their staircase, the staircase was really, really small. It was one of those back staircases. Not that like I have one in my house. Like I have like the normal one that you go up when you first go in the house. And then you have that side one, that kind of tiny one that comes from the back of the house. That was the staircase she fell down. And I think it was like 42 or 43 inches wide. Plus it had one of those, um, those chairs that you could go up if you're disabled. So maybe she fell and hit her head on part of that chair, something like that. I don't know. I don't know. They still don't know. You'll see. But in this investigation, what they want to do first is what is they want to get all the evidence out of the house. So they get a search warrant and they ransack the house for everything that they can find. They did not find a weapon. But they did find, well, they didn't find the weapon that hit Kathleen over the head, but they did find a weapon, in my opinion, that was on Michael's computer. Michael had a little secret, Gretch. He was a bisexual and kept his lust for men in the closet or in his computer or at the gym. Okay. For years, he would have sexual relations with men and look at gay porn, which he had on his computer. So you could see like, he's a 50 something year old guy. He's an ex-military man in North Carolina in 2001. I don't think it's unheard of that you would keep this under wraps. Yeah. I can see at the time he felt some kind of way about, you know, yeah. Okay. About that. Sure. In his book, doesn't make him a murderer though. No, it doesn't. And in his book, he claims that Kathleen did not know about this part of his life. He thinks that she suspected it, but never, he never told her about it. I would say it is a red flag. However, the last email that the investigators found that he sent, it was like months prior, he sent an email to a male escort. They were going to meet up. They never ended up meeting up. And then Mike and Michael says in this email, this is purely for sex. I'm a bisexual male that is happily married to a dynamite wife. That was his last email. Oh, well, that, that's nice. It is nice, right? I do not know if my husband would be calling me dynamite. Definitely not. But I hope he would. But shoot, Especially, I mean, yeah, I might even yeah. forgive you for cheating. Just kidding. I never would. I'll cut a bitch. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> you know, and I'm always curious about all this, this sex that's happening at the gym. I know. It seems so unsanitary. It, right? All that like, yeah, that's what's happening in, in men's locker rooms. Well, it just seems so I, sweaty and, and I mean, what, where in the showers? Well, I don't get in it. One of the movies, this HBO documentary, which is based on the true story, but obviously like has some not truth to it. He's in the sauna at the gym 
And that's where I have a problem with that. I go in the sauna. (laughs) Well, maybe you won't anymore. I don't know. Um, It was a I think it was a men's only sauna in the male locker room. So maybe it goes on there. I don't know. Like, you know, I'm still traumatized from seeing that woman naked up against the counter. Where? At the gym. No, but this woman was oh, doing bent her makeup. Over. Oh, yeah. Bent, bent over, over. naked. <laughs> yeah. Naked, naked. Okay. Yeah. Showing yeah, her. She had baby. a fur bikini and it was leaned up against the counter. Oh, no, that's so not okay. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. <laughs> nope. I will not be setting down any of my cosmetics on the counter now. <laughs> okay. Well, he was not looking at the fur bikini. Well, maybe he was looking at some other fur bikinis. I don't know. I think they probably like kept it pretty nice and clean. Okay. So I have thought about this gay sex for a few weeks since I've been doing this. And I also recently on one of these like social media sites got blasted because they said in one of our episodes, we were not really nice about um, people's alter- alternative lifestyles, which I will say that is not true. That you is can not do true. Whatever you want. Like we don't, give do a not- sh- we don't give a shit. No, we really don't. So I don't know what you're listening to, but um, yeah. And I'm sure we both have family members and friends that are gay and they would speak for us too. We don't give a shit. No, I don't even care if you'd like are married to a woman and your wife thinks it's okay to have gay sex, like go do it. But I do. So this is what I've been thinking about. I do have a problem that Kathleen didn't know about it because well, yeah, we just don't like a cheater. That's a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater, right? Yeah. Like I get it. Like I get that he is trying to fulfill his fantasies because he has them. And, and I was also talking to my husband about it because I was like, is it possible that she knew and which listen, he's, I had read his book after I was talking to Sean about this. Like, so I know he says that she didn't know, but I do think it's possible to be in a relationship where there is a bisexual and they're like, Hey, listen, I love you. I love everything about you. I love our life. I love our children, but I want, I have this other side of me that I'm not going to fall in love with the person, but I just want to, you know, get rimmed once in a while. I don't know. I do think that could happen, but I don't, I think that can happen, but I think it's still cheating. But is it cheating if uh, it's cheating if they don't know, but it's not cheating if they know. Well, no, it's not cheating if they know, but yeah, they, yeah. In one of these documentaries, I think that then it's just messy. (laughs) And trust me, I do think it's messy too, but some people do it. I mean, some people, it works. Um, I think in the HBO one, they said that Kathleen knew about it. Um, but like I said, I don't think she did. Okay. So the, the gay porn, it didn't sit well with these investigators and they made it pretty clear to Michael because they left just one printed picture of gay porn out for Michael to see when he got back into his house after the search. So they sound like bullies. Well, it sounds like it right? Yeah. I don't like like that. Yeah. No, no one likes that. But 
it is the South in 2001. And I don't think that we're, you know, that open-minded then. And I think that we are now, but listen, you know, like I have very close gay friends that did not come out until 2013 and they were gay for a long time before that living in Hollywood, California, like the place where it's totally accepted. It's way cooler to be gay than straight in Hollywood. Hollywood. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It really is actually. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, Lisa Vanderpump's um, restaurant. Remember all those like, yeah, so fun going there. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let's go on to the fact that cheating does not make you, whether it's a male or a woman, I don't, I don't care if it, you know, it probably didn't even matter if he was cheating on her. It doesn't look good. It doesn't matter. That's a, it's a male or a female, but, um, it looks bad. So they, you know, it's the same thing. It's like, we kind of have like had this discussion, but basically I have a problem when the police make the, decide that the narrative of the case is this person must be bad because they engage in this kind of behavior. It's like every woman who is younger and hotter than her husband or whatever that is suspected of murdering must be the murderer because she must be a gold digger or like whatever. And those two things don't have any, it doesn't have anything to do with the price of tea in China. Right. I mean, that does not a murderer make show me the evidence. That's right. Okay. So this evidence, we've got this porn and we've got this autopsy. And so they come to the conclusion that Kathleen must have found out about Michael's infidelity that night. Remember, she got an email on his computer and she got mad at Michael. And so Michael decided to beat Kathleen with something light but heavy and push her down the stairs. Seems pretty plausible. It doesn't seem that plausible to me, especially I think that you don't, even though let's say that did happen, that would be devastating and I'm sure they'd have some big blowout, but I don't think you just jump to beating someone if, you've if never you don't have a them. history, if you, you if you them. don't have a history of domestic abuse, I just don't, I just don't see that. Right. So you're saying that maybe it's not entirely true. Well, Michael's entire friends and family also did not think this was true. The investigators interviewed everyone close to them and no one could fathom that Michael would hurt Kathleen. They said how happy they were. Actually, his son said that Kathleen was basically the first time that he, they've ever seen his, their dad so happy. He was playful and loving and sexual. And the two were just like made for each other. Seems like his first wife, Patty, um, although they had a nice marriage, was one of lackluster. You know, it was like a friendship. So police really didn't have anything to go on in terms of like why he would beat her to death. Right. Um, Except for the fact that, you know, he was a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. And it is it should be noted, by the way. Michael has always been a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater with his first wife. He did cheat on her with men and women, women with Kathleen. He only cheated with men. 
Okay. Okay. So he did love her as like a, his woman, you know, he didn't need any other woman to appease him. It was just her. So, um, these investigators, they couldn't find anybody that would, you know, come again the family. And I mean, um, against Michael until they brought in Kathleen's sister to view the autopsy photos. And I saw these autopsy photos and they are really, really awful. I don't think any autopsy photo is going to be good to look at. I think it's pretty, it's bad because, and especially hers, because they had to shave her head to look at her skull, right? Right. And so what you see is it's, it's so disturbing. And, um, and they tell, they tell her, I don't think you really know who Michael is. He has this gay side to him and he has this gay porn and he's got this, these escorts and. Yeah. I don't like demonizing that. Kathleen, but I still sister. hate that he's cheating on her. I know at the same time well, simultaneously, listen. but I don't like, I don't think it's any of the police's business. Kathleen's sister also was like, okay, he did it. And then yeah, they got, cause she's mad. Cause he's a cheater. Yeah. So then they got Kathleen's biological daughter in there to share the same details. And she too turned on her stepdad, Michael. The saddest part of this whole story, whether he did it or not, I think is this, that this whole family got turned upside down by Kathy's death. Like it seemed real magical before this, right? Like the kids were just coming home from, for the holidays. They were going to decorate the next day for the holidays before the kids got back. I mean, I just feel like they had so much life as a family to keep going and after this, it's just gone all effed up. I would just think, okay, listen, I would just think, you know, writers be all up in their heads and you know, we know he's smarty pants because Duke, this is just not a good way to do it. Seems like well, more of the type that would poison the wife or something <laughs> if he wanted her dead, you know? You know, so I've also thought about this because his son comes home right when he's like, right when the ambulance is coming. So his son goes to a party. He knows he's coming home. Is he really going to take the chance of like beating his wife in the stairwell and has have his son just walk in on it? Like, I don't, I don't know if that would, if he would do that. No. Cause you don't know when he's coming home. I doubt they even had, I mean, it was 2001. So they probably did have a cell phone at that point, but you're not texting at that point. You're barely even using your cell phone because you're probably paying for every damn minute you have to pick it up, you know? So he's not calling his dad at two in the morning and saying like, Hey, I'm on my way home. He's just going to come home. And his dad knows he's coming home at some point in that night. Right. With his friend anytime. So that these are the things where I'm like, I just don't know either. So, um, in this documentary that I keep referring to, it's called The Staircase on Netflix. You will see that Michael immediately had to cut out Caitlin from his life because your attorneys will say, I mean, if somebody if somebody turns on you, you can't talk to him anymore. It's it's right. over. 
So at this point, the prosecution is convinced that Michael did it. They charged him for murder. They did not have the murder weapon, but Candace, the sister-in-law, would soon remember a Christmas present that she had given Kathleen when she was still with her ex-husband, Frank, one year, which was called a blow poke for the fireplace. Do you know what that is? Uh, no. Okay. Sounds I, naughty. <laughs> it does, but it's, <laughs> it's not. It's like a long metal pole that is hollow and you blow into it to make the flame go, you know? So it's like, I don't know, like this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Like yeah. Go, uh-huh. Like to get the mm-hmm. fire going. One of the reasons I keep my husband around is because he can start a fire. Without a blow. And what, I never. Yeah, without a blow. A blow but I've seen him when he's, you know, he's making that teepee looking structure. Yeah. And then he's the blowing on it. Yeah, he blows yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that makes sense. So that's what that's for. Okay. It is heavy enough to probably cause those lacerations and light enough not to call, cause serious damage because it's kind of like. It's not like tinfoil, but it's like light aluminum probably or something. Right. So Candace, the sister-in-law is like, yes, that's it. I gave my sister-in-law with my old brother-in-law that blow poke. That must be it. And so they went, I, they were like, that's it. That's what it, it was. Well, no one could even remember seeing this damn blow poke. And seriously, I swear to God, if my sister-in-law bought me some lame ass gift like that, it would be in goodwill. Well, yeah, because you have gas fireplaces tab. But maybe if you had a little wood burning going on, you would appreciate it. <laughs> oh, I don't think I would want somebody to buy me a blow poke. Sorry. Well, based on the name. Yeah, it's a bad name, too. Okay. Some people are hard to shop for. All right. Alcohol, alcohol and candles. You can't go wrong. I think I love alcohol and candles. Okay. So police never did find this weapon, but that is what the prosecution would put their money on, on to how Kathleen got these lacerations. Prosecution would find also that the couple had some debt, about $140,000 in credit card debt, which Michael says was part of Kathleen's Jaguar that, that they leased. So He claims that they put everything on the credit card for the points for trips and, you know, she would just pay it. She would pay it off. And like part of that payment that she would pay was for her car too, which by the way, I kind of like, that's what I do. Yeah. We do that. Mm -hmm. And that's how we've gone on lots of trips. So I don't think that is, I don't think $140,000 is that crazy of debt, especially when Kathleen's making a quarter million dollars a year. Um, so it's not good either though. I hate debt. No, it's all, I know you really hate debt. Um, yeah. but part of it's a car that was probably like 60 grand. Yeah. Jack. Okay. okay. So Kathleen, um, did have a great job, but she was, in fear of a layoff, her company just laid off a bunch of people. So she was scared of that. After her death, Michael did collect over $300,000 from Kathleen's work benefits, um, which he would eventually pay all to his legal team. But I guess if she got laid off before he killed her, saying he was killing her, he wouldn't have got that money. She also had a life insurance policy worth $1.4 million from her work as well. And her 
beneficiaries, according to Michael's book, were her ex-husband and her daughter. However, from like Oxygen and a couple other publications I saw, they said that Kathleen had changed that beneficiary to Michael's name after they got married. So someone is lying. I do yeah, know. It doesn't sound good, Michael. It doesn't. However, let me tell you something. The money was paid out to Frank, her ex-husband, and her daughter, Caitlin. Oh, so okay. why would Frank get it if it was turned over to Michael? Well, that's kind of a bad ex-husband. And why wouldn't the ex-husband just give it to Caitlin? Like, All of it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I give it of, to the kids. Yeah. That's not nice. Something about that greedy, is like greedy. not, it's not. What was well Frank doing? <laughs> right. What, what was Frank doing? Hiding that's at the top of the question. staircase. Yeah. It's, it's actually possible. So I told you there was a lot of blood at the scene and EMS um, personnel once the trial happened, which was way later, came forward and said that they thought that there was dried blood already on Kathleen, making them question if Michael had done this way earlier and just waited to call the police. There were also two wine glasses um, that the investigators claimed were on the counter and had no fingerprints of Kathleen's on them, which is sus. Yes. Kathleen did have a blood alcohol level of 0.07, which is almost legally drunk, but not Mm -hmm. quite. She did pop a volume on top of that. Um, And so to me, knowing people that have done that, I think you can be on your ass. You're wasted. Yeah, that's trashed. A a volume and And a 0.08. Yeah, that you're wasted. I think so too. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think you could say she did fall down the stairs because fuck, you're rarely like walking at that point, right? Right. A couple other suspicious things were that Kathleen had some damage to her neck bone and butt. She was in an accident in the pool shortly before her death, like a couple months before where she hit the bottom diving and she like really jacked up her neck. So it could be from that, but it also could be from someone choking her. Um, it didn't like the bone did not break like in a, in a strangulation. Yes. But it, it was damaged. She also had blood on the bottom of her feet. Um, which would mean she stood up at one point and then fell back down or got pushed back down. The staircase mystery is really a mystery, but it's not Gretchy. The only staircase mystery, because remember I told you about the adopted daughters. I told Mm -hmm. you the bio mom had died. Well, when her sister heard about Kathleen's death, She called the investigators to tell them about this odd coincidence. Turns out that Liz Ratliff was also found at the bottom of a stairwell. No. Yes. 
So one night after Michael had helped Liz get things done with the girls and dropped her car off somewhere, he supposedly dropped Liz back off at her house and went back to his house with Patty. The very next morning, the nanny came in at 7.30 in the morning to find Liz at the bottom of the stairs dead. She ran, this nanny ran over to Michael's house where they all ran to Liz and she was gone. According to this book written in blood, um, Michael had determined it was a cerebral hemorrhage and because Liz had had these, this like prior condition and was complaining about headaches for weeks, she was autopsied and by the military and on her death certificate, it says natural causes. Um, she was, I think 42 or 43. And I think somewhere maybe on the German autopsy, cause I think they both did one. Um, it does say cerebral hemorrhage. So mm. is it a weird coincidence? It's very coincidental. It is coincidental. Um, so coincidental that it made the prosecution want to exhume Liz's body and find out good, good what had happened. So they did. This episode is sponsored by Astapro. Thanks, Astapro, for providing Tab and I with samples. Shout out to all my allergy suffering friends out there. You know how they say it's that time of year for allergies? Well, for me, it sort of feels like it's always that time of year. I thought I had tried everything until I recently discovered Astapro. Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. It's faster, bro. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Clink, clink. You have heard me talk about my language learning skills with Rosetta Stone, and I'm telling you, I'm getting really good at it. I learned a little bit of Japanese before we went to Japan last year, and I really love the French language, so I'm learning French at the moment. Bonjour, bonsoir. I'm even getting a little bit of the accent down. Not very good, but I'm I'm getting there. And with Rosetta Stone, it makes it so easy. I download it on my phone. I learn it in the car. It is awesome. You can do it on your desktop, wherever you find it convenient. They are there for you. And they have 25 languages, you guys, that you can use. And right now they are giving a lifetime membership for 50% off. So you can learn as many languages as you want for your entire life, which is amazing. And the best part is it starts off, you know, with just words and then phrases and then sentences. And then you should be able to have a conversation with somebody that also knows the language, which is, you know, my entire goal. So don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now. Seriously, 
get started before your summer vacay, the, our listeners get 50% off the lifetime membership. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem it today at rosettastone.com forward slash today. Listeners, have you checked out Rakuten yet? Because Rakuten is where it's at. It's my go-to way to save on top of sales. That's why Rakuten is the smartest way to shop and the most rewarding way to save because members earn cash back on everything they buy. Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 3,500 stores that I know I shop at online like Saks Fifth, Macy's, Best Buy. You know, we are already online shopping at our favorite stores, so why not be saving while doing it? How it works is the stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the commission with its members. You get paid via check or PayPal quarterly. Rakuten has over 17 million members saving and Rakuten members have earned over 4.6 billion in cash back, y'all. Membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app to start saving today and your cash back really adds up. Clink, clink. Listeners, today's episode is sponsored by Acorns. Are you busy? Well, of course you are. And if you're like me, that means you put off investing because maybe it just doesn't seem urgent or it's intimidating. Enter Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just spare change. Acorns recommends an expert-built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. What I love about Acorns is that it gives you the tool to give your money a chance to grow. You don't have to start with a lot. Just start. Believe me, it feels great. Head to acorns.com slash clink or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Client testimonial may not be representative of all clients. Tier one compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash clink. Investing involves risk, including the loss of the principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors, LLC, Acorns is an SEC registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities, LLC, member FINRA slash SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. Where are all my lady listeners at? Because I am talking to you. Is your time of month an easy breezy situation? Or are you like me? And for about a week before your period starts, all you want to do is stay in bed and also eat anything and everything. Or maybe you're experiencing the joys of menopause or that sneaky bee perimenopause. Well then ladies, you've got to try Hormone Harmony. Hormone Harmony is made by the Happy Mammoth Company, which I've been a big fan of for a while now. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called aptogens. Now, here's the beauty about aptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it, but it's perfect for those horrible menopausal symptoms that put a woman's life on hold like hot flashes, night sweats, racing thoughts, low moods, poor sleep, feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas, no desire to be in bed with someone. You know what I mean? Yes, Hormone Harmony can help with all those things. And the biggest benefit is feeling like yourself again. 
That's what women mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews of Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code CLINK at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use code CLINK for 15% off today. Clink, clink, ladies. The problem I have with this exhumation is that they, so uh, Liz's body was in Texas. That's where she is buried. And instead of having an examiner just examine her here in Texas, they wanted the same examiner who examined Kathleen to examine Liz. I don't like that. I think it's a conflict of interest. I think you should have somebody totally separate from the case. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. How this woman died. And of course, this woman who um, did Kathleen's autopsy also ruled Liz a homicidal death. Although, you know, her brain, I think she only had um, like a third of her brain left because the autopsy took the rest of it. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sus on that, that autopsy. I would say I would give it 25% accuracy or less. Well, I'll tell you what rings in, in my head right now because we see a pattern of this. So let's say he wasn't involved in that, but it's stuck in his head. You know what a good way to go is where there were no questions asked? Remember when my neighbor Dude. friend fell down the stairs, just like Sherry Papini. She had the friend that disappeared jogging. That's then right. she did, you know? And we also, I remember a case with a doctor who had the wives drown in the, in the bathtub, like worked once. Why not give no, it a right. shot again? Right. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Yeah, I might be turning on you, Michael. You might be turning. Okay. <laughs> so I, I do think that it is really, really strange. And so then I think like, what does Michael have to gain for Liz's death? He inherited two kids, which probably comes with some sort of benefit from the military, right? Like he probably gets some money every month, which I know he did. He also got, I think, like $40,000 or something from Liz and George's like stuff. But that's not Mm -hmm. that much money to kill somebody Mm -hmm. over. Um, And kids are expensive. I mean, he's got to put he put these girls through college. That's really expensive. So, yeah. I also thought maybe he was having an affair with Liz. Um, Yeah. Patty says no freaking way. Um, I am not still so sure. I don't know. Prosecution thought maybe the girls were Michael's bio kids, but they did a DNA test and found out that they are not. They are George and Liz's children. So a weird coincidence maybe, but it definitely does not look good for Michael. Another... Thing that didn't look good for Michael was the fact that in his books he wrote about Vietnam, he claims to be injured at war and have a purple heart. Remember, I told you he was in that car accident in Japan. Uh-huh. It was uh-huh. not in Vietnam. He does not have a purple heart. 
Stolen valor is what they call that. That is a crime. I don't like it at all, Michael. (laughs) So he's a liar, liar, pants on fire. And people think if you lie about that, you could be lying about killing your wife. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I do think people embellish in books to get more like interest in your the purple heart is saying you have a purple heart when you don't have a purple heart is more than an embellishment An embellishment is like oh my god i ate only i ate 10 jelly beans when you only ate like really ate 30 or 20 okay yeah yeah (laughs) and i also don't know if it was just in his book that he fooled people with this purple heart or if it was like he was telling everybody that he had a purple heart yeah then i'll give you a pass i mean if you're like telling your friends on the side when they're like wow i never knew buddy that you got a purple heart when you're like no i was just joking people off in my book yeah. yeah, see, I, that I, I would like to know that. Although that is still that is still doing the military people dirty. So I don't I still don't appreciate it. But I, I you know, I could see that. Yeah. OK. OK, so I can't confirm, but I would love to know. So Michael's trial took forever. And actually during the trial, I think it was like three or four months, his trial. Um, my one of Michael's sons ended up finding that damn blow poke in the basement turns out it wasn't actually the murder weapon. Gretchy had no signs of damage, no dents, no blood, no matter was not the murder weapon, but it didn't matter because like they had already talked about it. They already said like, this is possible. So it just, it, it, at the end of the day, I don't think that, um, I think the story that they told of Kathleen dying and her injuries and all that blood and Michael being a lighter liar and a cheater um, Mm -hmm. made Michael look really guilty. So after 14 hours of um, deliberation and to Michael's, by the way, utter surprise, like he thought he was going to be found innocent. But after 14 hours, he was not. He was found guilty of killing his wife and sentenced to life in prison without parole. Now, it doesn't stop here. Okay. After his conviction, years and years went by. They appealed. They lost all the appeals. But Michael's neighbor, Larry Pollard, who was an attorney had thought for years there was another theory to how Kathleen died. So he spent countless hours reading evidence on this case and trying to figure out what the heck happened to Kathleen if Michael didn't do it. So Larry, he's kind of like this nature guy. He's real intuitive with the the animals. And he saw that Kathleen had a microscopic feather in her hair that the, uh, the like coroner found or when they gave her an autopsy, she also had strands of her own hair clutched in her hands. I think she had 30 in one hand and 25 in another. And the hairs actually happened to have blood on it. And the clutched hairs, there were, I think two or three more feathers. There was also some tree bark and some pine needles that the examiner had found lodged into Kathleen's body. So Larry thought 
maybe Kathleen brought out these like front yard deer decorations before she went to bed that night. And when she went out the front door, a barred owl swooped down thinking she was some sort of food and grabbed her head with its talons and then flew off. And she didn't feel it because she's like a little wasted. (laughs) Probably. Right. So there was a couple drops of blood outside the front door and there was also smeared of blood of Kathleen's blood near the front door, which never really was accounted for. Like there was no reason why this blood was there. He thinks that she ran inside, like she grabbed her head, right? And was like, oh shit, has the hair in her hand, blood is like, what the hell tries to go upstairs to get towels and like fell or fainted from there. She must've came to got up again and then fell. Seems freaking crazy, but turns out owls have been known to attack humans and it happened just, I know I taught homeschool. Okay. And I did (laughs) a whole unit on North American birds. Yes. Red wing blackbirds. Don't fuck with those guys. They'll get you. So my brother-in-law was attacked by some crazy ass bird walking his dog. Mm-hmm. And you know, my, so somebody just on our Facebook page today posted a dog that got swooped by an owl and has like the talons marks in his side. And it looks exactly like my foxy dog that had um, stitches the other day. So I was like, maybe it's like, something. So Larry filed this motion to input this new theory, but the judge did not buy it. He was not buying what Larry was selling. So, um, actually, and you know what? I think, um, David's attorney thinks that this is actually probably what happened. And, and as much as I want to say like, that sounds so bizarre, it actually makes some sense. Like, why does she have L so they tested those owl feathers or the feathers in her hair and they are owl feathers from the talons of an owl. So why would she have that in her hair? Why would she have that? Yeah, that's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. I'll tell you what else too. I might have partaken in a prescription drug and cocktails and done something like cooked and burned myself and had no effing idea that I did it until the next day and I woke up with big ass burn. Oh my God. So I'm just saying you could not know that you were like as injured as you were. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she didn't. So, okay. So then in 2011, so it doesn't stop with this owl theory in 2011, remember this blood spatter evidence guy, his name was Dwayne Deaver. I told you he came in and he, he was like guilty, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out later that this guy, he worked for in this field for 25 years. Well, he was under fire because he actually falsified evidence in many, 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 many cases, like over 34 Uh. cases. And he was corrupt, probably as corrupt as Michael Peterson was saying they were all damn corrupt in that town. Right. So he gets fired. And, um, and so they are like, listen, this guy was up here on the stand basically telling the jury that he's guilty because of all this blood spatter. And now we know that he is corrupt. And let me tell you, you know, I keep referring to this book, um, by Dwayne or Diane Fanning. Mm -hmm. I will have to tell you that Dwayne Deaver is one of the contributors to this book. 
she thanks him in it. It was clearly before this book was written before 2011, because I think she would not be thanking him if she knew what I know now that the guy has been fired. And he is also the reason that Michael Peterson got a new trial. Oh yeah. So, um, they do it. In 2011, Michael was granted a new trial. Well, this is great news. Um, I think Michael could also see the writing on the wall. It was a real possibility that he would go back to prison. So in 2017, he took an Alfred plea, which is basically where you plead guilty without ever saying that you're guilty. Um, prosecution, you say basically like, I know that prosecution has enough evidence to convict me, but I am still going to maintain my innocence. And he said that he would never, ever, ever say that he was guilty because he isn't. Um, and he took the Alfred plea for voluntary manslaughter and he was given seven years, but he had already served eight years in prison. Mm -hmm. So Michael Peterson is a free man. And, um, upon his release from prison, he has written two books about this case. He does not receive any of the money for them all. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's like a law about that, right? Yeah. Cause he's a convicted felon. So all the proceeds from his book go to either charity or to his stepdaughter, Caitlin Atwater, she sued him civilly and won a $25 million settlement. So all his money is going to her. Oh, but so he wasn't like, I want to give this money to her. He he was kind of like strong arm into that shit. Yeah, but he still wrote the books knowing that. So I think he's just a writer at heart. So I think he's just like, whatever, like she can have the money. She lost her mom if she wants to receive the money from what I say, sure. I read his book. It, there are some things in there where I'm like, okay, I need a little bit more explanation because I know it's one-sided, but, um, but it's good. I mean, he tells it from his side and he talks about what you would like. Gretchy is like, he talks about prison. He talks about like the sex in prison, all these like things that we actually want to know what, how, Oh yeah. Did he enjoy that? (laughs) It's kind of funny because he doesn't talk about himself having that much sex in prison, but he talks about other people having sex in prison and how he was getting it. Oh, come on. A hundred percent. He was, um, Michael did have a girlfriend who happened to be a producer on this Netflix documentary, which I keep telling you about. Um, that Netflix documentary is one-sided, um, and it's the side of the defense. The reason is because a French production company reached out to them once they found out about this case. Okay. So this, this is in 2002, they start filming. So it's a long, it's a long ass time ago. How long is that? That's 20 years ago. Yeah. This French company came out and they wanted to film, uh, from all angles. Well, the defense is the only one that followed through and let them do it. Michael credits 
this film for his release because he thinks that or not this film because the film didn't come out till after his release, but he credits just having um, this on tape that you could see Dwayne Deaver and how how animated he was and how he really took all of this evidence and like swayed the jury, right? He says if he didn't have that and the judge was just reading the transcripts and not actually looking at the footage, he thinks it could have came off differently. However, I will tell you. I can you, see that. Mm-hmm. I think when I watch it and Dr. Phil thought that when he watched it also that Michael comes off as not sympathetic or empathetic to the fact that his wife was dead. I do see that, but I also think that once you are put in a position where your life is going to be taken from you because they think you're guilty, you automatically go into like a survival mode for yourself. And it's now like, how do I, how can I, how do I get out of this? How do I prove myself? How do I, right? you know, I don't think it's, I think they're two different things. I think you can be mourning your wife. Well, we know he's kind of an asshole too, right? Well, with the, with the purple heart thing and the cheating. Yeah. He's a little bit of an ass. I don't make him like a little insensitive. Right. And I don't honestly like his demeanor in the entire, um, staircase. I don't like it. Okay. I mean, listen, he called her dynamite, Dr. Phil, but not everybody treats their wife like you do, Robin. True. I love it. Okay. <laughs> True. That's just, that is a very, uh, not very typical of a yes, husband. It's true. I can imagine if I was found dead and my husband was being questioned about it, you might not find him very sincere either. <laughs> I don't think true. he'd be grieving very long. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, it's probably true. So, all right. So anyways, this, after this, um, after he was found guilty, one of the producers of this French, um, production company, she fell in love with Michael Peterson and stayed with him throughout his entire time in prison. They were together for 13 years, but he could not stay with her because he was not going to commit to moving to France when he was released. Um, he, and when he was released, his son had had kids by then he was a grandpa and he didn't speak French. And he was like, in his book, he's like, listen, it sounded really good when I was in prison for life. Like it sounded like amazing. Like if I ever get out, I'm going to move to Paris and I'm going to learn French and all this stuff. And he's like, but when I'm, when reality hits, my kids are here. And I want to be by my family, you know? Yeah. So at, her name was Sophie. And after Sophie, um, he went to go live with his first wife, Patty. No. Where? Yeah, he did. And they were great companions. I think probably just like, so Patty stick stuck by him during that entire trial. Like she. Okay. Well, that might was, cancel out the uh, coincidental fight you know, staircase thing because Patty would know. Patty, might Patty know. would have a hunch. Well, you would think yeah. so. She, Patty is, was like, no way he did not do it. There is no way. Um, 
Unfortunately, Patty died of a massive heart attack in 2021. And they found her at the bottom of the stairs. At the bottom of the stairs. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then I would, then I would know that he did it. No, Um, she died of a massive heart attack in her obituary. It names the two boys and the two adopted girls as her children. And it doesn't say my adopted daughters. It just says two sons and two daughters. That might have been Michael's doing. I don't know. Um, It is also noted that, oh, I told, oh, I think I told you this, you know, Patty never thought that they got divorced because she was like, I marry one time. That's it. We're married. End of story. So now Michael is almost 80. He lives in a one bedroom apartment in Durham. Um, And now let me tell you about the kids really quick. So they have kept a very, very low profile since the Netflix documentary came out in 2018. Now, can you imagine they filmed this shit 20 years ago and then Netflix buys the documentary or buys the, like they buy it. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, guess what? Boom. You, boom. It's big. It's big time. Netflix buys you, puts it out as like a true crime documentary. Boom. So they kind of went, they were told, I think, to like go dark, um, which they did. But which isn't that funny? Nobody watched documentaries when we all went to Blockbuster. No, no we way. never were like documentary section. Yeah. Lame. Lame. That's for Boring. nerds. <laughs> I know. Now that's everybody. all that's all we watch that's now is so documentaries. True. Yeah. That's so true. Okay. So now on to his son, Todd. Now let me tell you. Okay. This is a little bizarre. Todd last year put something on social media that was odd. He went on a rant about how he believes that his dad is a serial killer. He says that his dad tried to break his sobriety. Um, and he didn't call for an ambulance for two to three hours while his mom was having a heart attack. He's speaking about Patty. Okay. He says he was going to call the police right after he made this rant on his father. Um, If you ask me, I think he broke his sobriety while he was making this video. Oh, it looks like, I mean, to me, it looks like somebody's on, he's on something and just kind of like, he's walking back and forth. He's like, by a car. It just doesn't something's he's not all like all the way there. Okay. Something's off. Something's off. Um, he pulled that video down, but as you know, nothing ever disappears from the internet. So if you wanted to say, see it, you could just Google it. You can find it. Um, and obviously if he called the police or not, I have no idea, but didn't take Michael to prison for it. Um, I will probably say also that Todd is not the favorite child any longer. Right. As far as Caitlin, it looks like she is married, um, but I don't see anything else. Clay, Clayton, um, also married with kids. He married the same girl that he was with back then. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that he probably stuck by his dad, the girls, I don't really know what's going on. 
Um, but I do also want to just say thanks for Tina for graciously letting us um, think about this Michael Peterson case because she she had bought a book. She she texted Gretchy and I, and she had bought Michael Peterson's book and wanted him to sign it. So she found him and she sent him the book, which he graciously signed and sent back to her. And then they had this little text exchange about um, Murdoch and Scott Peterson, no relation, by the way, same last name, maybe both women killers. I don't know. Um, but he thinks that Scott Peterson is guilty. Gretchy. Okay. I know he does. And he says in the text message, um, yeah, like, cause who else would have done it? Well, who the fuck else would have killed, you know, Kathleen? I'd like to have a chat with him. Yeah. (laughs) The owl. Right. I mean, it's like, I, I don't think given your position, you should. And listen, if you think Scott Peterson did it, God bless you. Fine. But I just don't think Mr. Michael Peterson needs to be throwing out, you know, guilty accusations (laughs) when he hasn't even watched the entire seven part, the murder of Lacey Peterson series that I've watched like 10 times. Maybe he has. <laughs> he probably I don't hasn't. think so. No, I brought you. He hasn't. Mm-mm, so, mm-mm. um, but I do think it was funny that she like started asking him if who he thinks I, like I, these wife I killers. love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah awesome. All right, so he's like, like I said, he's about eighty. I, I don't know. I mean, it it's a sad, sad story because whatever way if he did it or he didn't do it, his life really went downhill. Um, it didn't definitely is not what he thought it was because when this happened, he was vibrant. He was in his fifties, seemed like he was happy. Um, and now he's almost 80, which is crazy because it doesn't seem like when I say 2001, it doesn't seem that long ago, but I guess it was. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the story of Michael Peterson. And you guys can let us know if you think he's guilty or innocent. Gretchen, think it's the owl? I kind of think it's the owl. I kind of think it's the owl too. Yeah. I kind of think I mean, so. Those also. owl feathers, that, that that's going to get me. I know. Who knows? So anyways, if you guys want more of us, we are on Patreon. And if you listen on Apple, it's called, I think the subscription, you can find it right there on our episode. It says like clink, clink club. Um, Join that. We would love to see and hear from you on Thursdays. You can hear from us. We talk one crime a month. And then the other Thursdays, we just chat what's going on in the news today and what's actually going on in our lives. Um, and if you want to connect with us more, find us on all the social media platforms. And also we're on YouTube guys. So please go check us out there and subscribe and give us a review. If you haven't yet, we do appreciate them and we read them and we like them when they're good. So I think that's all for today. Clink, 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 clink.